How many of you like to be in jail? No, you don't want to be in jail. So we want to get out of jail, right? Now there was these people. Let's read Acts chapter 16. So putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course of some Samothrace, and on the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. And we were staying in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside where we were, we were, we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled there. In the book of Acts, it's really the Acts of the Apostles. So here we are reading an account about Paul and Silas. So Paul and Silas were moving, going about, because the gospel is to be preached throughout the world. They went to Philippi, a leading city in Macedonia, which happened to be a Roman colony. Now remember, Paul and Silas were both Roman citizens. And if you read your Bible, Jesus was crucified. He wasn't a Roman. But if Jesus Christ was the worst criminal on earth, but happened to be a Roman, he could not be crucified. Romans had certain rights. Non-Romans, if you were not a Roman citizen, you could suffer the worst penalty. So have that in mind, that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. And what did they do on the Sabbath? Like you and I today, we are here. We got out of our homes. They went out. They were supposing to find a place for prayer. And what did they do? They found some women assembled and they began speaking with them. Now, it happened that as they were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, met Paul and Silas, who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling so there is this slave girl she has an evil spirit she has a spirit of divination and the master the owner of the slave is making money off of her if you drive down a little to the left or you drive down a little to the right of rosemead what will you see tarot reading palm reading let me tell you your fortune for for money so the owner of the slave was making money oh you want you pay she will tell you okay but she had what a spirit of divination and what was she telling imagine following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, these men are barn servants of the most high who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation imagine the slave girl who has an evil spirit of divination is already proclaiming these people are from God on high and they are here to proclaim the gospel to you. Can God use anyone? Remember when I shared with you about Job? Satan had to ask permission from God to touch the life and property of Job. And God what? God allowed Satan. 
So can God use this slave woman who has the spirit of divination? Yes. So she was telling the truth about Paul and Silas. Now what happened? She continued doing this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed. Do you get annoyed? Remember Delilah and Samson last week? Tell me, honey, tell me the secret of your strength so I can have the Philistines overpower you. And then second time, oh, you don't love me no money. You tell me no. Oh, it's like this. And then what happens? Wala na naman. And then again na naman. Sige na naman, please. I, I thought you said you loved me. Didn't that what you said? Yeah. I thought you loved me. Three times already, you've told me. And then all of them are fake. I thought you loved me. Samson did not give in until Delilah kept on calling money. Not the Pacquiao. Money, manipulation. Every day, nagging, nagging. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Until finally, oh yeah, sige na nga. And we know what happened to Samson. But because of the grace of God, Samson was able to recover. So this lady kept on following Paul and Silas. My friends, even Paul got annoyed. We, we all, I, I admire Paul, what he went through in his life. But he's just a human being like us. He got annoyed. He and, he and Mark, they also separated ways. So he's just a human being like us. He got annoyed. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Remember, this lady has the spirit of divination. You see, there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And what happened? And it came out that very moment. Now, there is a problem for the owner. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, ah, Lana, tell me, I will pay you. Nothing. The master is losing money. So what did he do? They seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the market, and placed them before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews and proclaiming customs which is not lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. They accused Paul and Silas, confusing the people, telling them about this gospel. This is not our religious background. They are Jews. We are Romans. Paul and Silas, Roman citizens or not? Yes. They seized Paul and Silas. They brought them before the magistrate or the court. And they made this accusation. What was the true reason while they arrested Paul and Silas? Personal. They, they, their profit. Their milking cow. No more. Because Paul and Silas invoked the power of the name of Jesus Christ to cast out this evil spirit. And immediately it was gone. 
The crowd rose up against them, and the chief madrasgates tore their robes, a sign of hindi magubad yun na, sign of disdain, anger. If you watch the movie about Jesus Christ, when they accused Jesus Christ of blasphemy, what did the high priest do? He tore his robe. Tore the robe, ordered them to proceed to be beaten with rods. Remember, Roman citizens. You have certain rights. They were ordered to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, the jailer, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So you can imagine that the prison has an outer prison, much like we have today. This is general population, and you have maximum security. You have even death row. Right? So what did the jailer do? He took the orders by the magistrates to him very seriously. He did not only put them in jail, he put them in the inner jail, and he did not only, okay, you go inside, I lock the door. What did they do? He put them inside. He locked the door. But before he locked the door, he put stocks on them. Now, this is not the stock market. Okay? Stocks are shackles on the feet so that they cannot escape. Alright? So, you're already bound in the jail. You're inside the jail. You're in the inner part of the jail. It's going to be very hard for you to escape. Yes? What were they doing anyway? They were proclaiming Jesus Christ. They were doing what God told them to do. My friend, if you are undergoing some kind of persecution because you are a follower of Jesus Christ, can I remind you? You're really nothing special. Because all followers of Jesus Christ may at one time or another go through persecution. So when you undergo persecution, don't tell God, God, why are you singling me out? It's not true. Guni-guni mo lang yan. It happens. Paul and Silas were bringing the gospel. They left their home. The apostle Paul was a Pharisee. He left the good life. For what? To be beaten with rods? To be put in jail? Three times he was shipwrecked. Three times he received 39 lashes. For what? To bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. The one that sets people free so he went through that he was he and silas were thrown in the inner inner jail and they were fastened with stocks but about midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to god and the prisoners were listening to them Teka. you're in jail you're in jail because you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. 
Not only are you in jail, you're, you're shackled. What would you do? God naman, ang labo naman nito. I'm doing what you asked me to do, and then I am jailed? What's the deal? How many of us would react that way, honestly? Oh, ako lang ang honest. Our first and natural tendency is to complain. Especially when you are doing right. Right? Right. Very simple. But what were they doing? They were in jail. They were shackled. And what were they doing? They were praying and singing hymns of praise. Were they silent? Why? The other prisoners could hear them. And as a matter of fact, these other prisoners were listening to them. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. They were listening. They were listening. They were praying about their situation, but they were also singing about the God of their situation. And the people around them were listening. Suddenly, there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. Oh! Is that the kind of earthquake that you will feel? Right now, there is probably an earthquake going on somewhere. You ask the U.S. Geological Survey. There's probably a trembler going on right now. But it is so weak that we cannot feel it. In this situation, while they were praying and singing, a great earthquake happened. It was so violent. It was so intense that the jail doors opened. And what else? The shackles came loose. Is that a natural occurrence? Baka matumba refrigerator, oo. Diba? Earthquake pa. Pero if you're handcuffed, if you're, your feet are bound, how can that happen? Now, if you're the prisoner, what, will you, what is your first thought? <laughs> Ayos! I'm free! I'm free! I'm free to dance and sing! Right? You know, I appreciate the music team. I just give them the topic and, you know, everything just falls into place. You're then in the jail. It's a time of desperation. Now the jail, the door is open. My shackles are free. Yes, let's go. Yes? That would be your tendency. When the jailer awoke, he, of course, he felt the earthquake. When the jailer awoke, he saw the prison doors open. Then he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. 
supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Man of integrity. The boss will come the next day. Where are the prisoners? Did you not feel the earthquake? When the earthquake happened, the doors opened, they all ran away. What will I do? Right? Now, why would this jailer, because the prisoners he thought had all escaped, why would he kill himself? Why did he just not go to his boss and report? Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are here. Why would he want to kill himself in the first place? Why? James Freeman, in his book, Manners and Customs of the Bible, according to him in Acts 16.27, according to the Roman law, if a prisoner escaped, the jailer who had him in charge was compelled to suffer the penalty which was to have been inflicted on the prisoner. This accounts for the despair of the jailer in this case. He preferred death by his own hands to the death by torture which probably awaited some of the condemned prisoners whom he supposed to have escaped. See, when the jail was flung open, the doors were flung open, the jailer thought, I'm dead because it is my responsibility to keep these prisoners in prison. But now they're all gone. I see the jail doors open, flung wide. They're all gone. I'm a dead man. I would rather kill myself than suffer all of their penalties. I'm going to die anyway. Might as well just kill myself. <gasps> Paul cried out, Ah, do not harm yourself. We are all here. Who experienced the miracle of the earthquake? Was it just Paul and Silas? Whose shackles were all broken and freed? Was it just Paul and Silas? Everyone in the jail experienced the miracle that God allowed Paul and Silas to experience. All of the jail doors were open. All of their shackles were removed. Even those who did not believe in the God that we believe experienced that miracle. And Paul said, do not harm yourself. We are all here. We didn't leave. You do not need to take your life. We are all here. And he called for the lights. He would not believe. He called for the lights and rushed in. Trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, so it's dark, he got the light, go to cell number one. Oh, they're here. Cell number two. They're here. They're all here. I submit to you in reverential fear and honor, he bowed down to Paul and Silas. For him, he was a dead man. But because they did not escape, he is alive. So he brought them out and asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Who is in jail? Paul and Silas. Is he in jail? He's not in jail. So what does he need salvation for? Saved from what? 
Remember that slave lady? They are here. They are here to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. This jailer experienced that earthquake. And because he saw the faithfulness of Paul and Silas, we're still here. Somehow, God moved in his heart. You need salvation. And these are the people you need to ask. And he asked the right question. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved. You, read it with me. You and your household. Now a lot of us stop here. Because many of us think wrongly, if I may. That just because I have one born-again relative in my family, that my entire family is saved. Nothing further from the truth. I have two cousins. Both of them are dead. But both of them were bishops. Oh, you have a family member who is bishop? I have two. In our culture, in our religious past, we want somebody religious in our family. Yes or no? Yes. Why? We have a priest in our family. Yes. I have two bishops. Oh, talo kayo. Right? And then you will tell me, eh, lolo ko nga eh. Oh. That's not the point, my friend. That's not the point. Sirs, what must, what must I do to be saved? What did Paul and Silas reply to them? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved. You and your household. Oh, by osmosis pala. No. Why? Jeremiah 31, 29 to 31. In those days, they will not say again, The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. But everyone will die of his own iniquity. Each man who eats the sour grapes, his teeth will be set on edge. Eat his own iniquity. If I am born again, I am assured by the promise of God that I'm going to heaven. But that does not assure that my entire family will go to heaven with me. Because they have their own iniquity to answer to God for. Just as I have my own iniquity to answer to God for. That's why in Romans, Paul writes, What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we are already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. And if you read your Bible, what does Romans 3.23 say? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I have to account for my own iniquity just as you need to account for your own iniquity. 
So even if the jailer came to faith in Christ, it does not guarantee that the rest of his family are also saved. Are you with me? So what happened to him? They spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. So who heard the gospel? The jailer. Who else? His household. All who were in his house. So all of his family heard the gospel. And when they heard the gospel, they responded. And he took them that very hour of night, washed their wounds, and immediately he was baptized. What is baptism? Baptism is the outward declaration of your inward acceptance of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to go through the waters of baptism, you are declaring, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Look at the change from a jailer to someone who fell down in trembling fear. Now, he is binding the wounds of Paul and Silas. And he was immediately baptized. When he responded to the gospel, he was baptized. What happened to his household? He and all his household. So everyone in his household who heard the good news responded in faith. And all who came to faith in Christ were baptized. Amen? So happy ka na? Happy na sila. And he brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly having believed in God with his whole household. Individually, each and every one of us has to deal with our account with God. And Jesus Christ has settled that account for you. But never for a moment think that because I'm the father of this family and I am born again and the Bible tells me I'm going to heaven that the rest of my family members are assured that I will see them in heaven. Nothing further from the truth. Each one of us has our own iniquity to deal with. And praise be to God, it has been dealt with by Jesus Christ. But you have to respond just as the jailer and his entire household responded. How do we know? They were all baptized. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And they greatly rejoiced. Why should you rejoice if you have Jesus Christ? Look at what Romans 8 says. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are not in Christ Jesus, you are condemned. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are not condemned. What is the condemnation? The wages of sin is death. If you are in Christ, you are not condemned. The only person who can lay an accusation against us 
is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I don't condemn them. They're mine. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. But it is only for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? For what the law of the spirit of life in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Life in Christ or death because of your sin. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. For what purpose? For so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the uh, who walk who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I cannot live a sinless life. I am destined to spend eternity in hell because of my sin. But God, in His love, in His grace, sent His one and only Son to take the penalty of all our sin. And He died on the cross. The wages of sin is death. Who paid for your sin and mine? If Jesus Christ paid for your sin and mine, do you still owe God to pay the penalty of your sin? Yes or no? What do you owe God now? If I do not owe God the penalty of death that hangs over me because of my sin, I owe it to God to live the rest of my life for Him who died for me. Let me repeat. I owe it to live my life for Him who died for me. I have been set free, not of my own doing. I have been set free because of what Jesus Christ has done. Because God the Father saw to it that redemption would come through faith in His Son Jesus. Nobody else. That's why Jesus Christ said, I am the way. I am the one and only way. I am the one and only truth. I am the one and only life. No one, absolutely no one, comes to the Father except by me. So you're the jailer. I got saved. My entire family is saved. Tapos na boxing. Yun, talo. Dinaya eh. <laughs> <laughs> Di ba? Ay, tapos na boxing. Happy na. Do we stop there? My family is saved. They've come to faith in Christ. I'm saved. I've come to faith in Christ. I, I stop. Tapos na. And they live happily ever after. How about this? Look, Matthew 28. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Jesus Christ never commanded us to make converts. Jesus Christ commanded to make for us to make disciples. So if my family comes to faith, my job is not yet over. 
Because the command to me is not simply to get my family members saved. The command to me and the command to you is to go and make disciples of all nations. Who is my first discipleship group? Who is my first nation? My family. Getting them to come to faith in Christ is not the end of my mission. I am supposed to disciple them so that they make disciples as well. So that they become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who will make followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who will make followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. How? Teaching them to obey all that I commanded you. And what is His promise? I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. So when is my mission on earth done? When God calls me to heaven. I don't stop. Well, I have shared the gospel with them. Well, they have come to faith in Christ. My job is finished. No. God told us, make disciples. See, when Jesus Christ died, He died for everyone. Why do I say this? Because the Bible says this. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Alright? Look at what it says in verse 2. He himself is the propitiation that trans... He is the substitute. Okay, he died in our place. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not only... Not for ours only, but also for what? The whole world. I'm not speaking. That's the Bible. I just underlined it for you. So the Bible tells us, the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ died for all the sins of all the people. Now, will everyone respond to the gospel? No. But did Jesus Christ die for them too? The Bible says it very clearly. Do you read it as I read it? Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the whole world. Because if you think that there are only certain people who have been chosen, and if you read your Bible in the book of Revelation, there is only going to be 144,000 who will be saved. Are you part of that 144,000? That is representative of 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. But in the same book it says, every tongue from every tribe, from every nation. It is so too numerous to count. So when Jesus Christ died, my friends, according to the Bible, not according to my opinion, Jesus Christ died for everyone. And through Jesus Christ, you can be set free. Now, how am I going to disciple them? Why? Look, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Jesus Christ did not die so you could be under bondage. Jesus Christ died to set you free. As a matter of fact, he said in John 8.36, If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. 
He who the Son sets free is free indeed. First, I need to set myself free through Jesus Christ. Step number one. Step number two, I need to get into a discipleship relationship. And who is your first disciple? Ephod. You remember Ephod? Can you explain it to me? Every family, a D group. We keep on looking for somebody else to disciple. Disciple our family. Some of you have been doing it. And some of you have returning positive reports. Communication is better now. We have better understanding. We're now going on the same road. Praise be to God. Because you take the command to make disciples seriously. And you're beginning with your own household. Who was the first people that the jailer thought of? His household. He brought them. These are the two people who I've shared the gospel with you. And these two people, Paul and Silas, shared the gospel with his entire household. And not only was the jailer baptized, he and his entire household got baptized. It doesn't end there. Now I got to teach them. Now I got to disciple them. And I'm assured of the presence of God. So long as I keep on doing this, God's presence is with me. Because he said it. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, Pastor, what will I teach them? How will I disciple them? Even I, you know, I have not even finished reading the Bible. So, how will I disciple them? How will I encourage them to be more like Christ? Well, you know the answer, right? What's the answer? Oh, you, merong isa dun. What's the answer? Philippians chapter 2. Do nothing from selfishness. Oh, sin na yun, di ba? Selfish? Sin na yun. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Oh, mayabang ka pa. Conceited ka. Okay? Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as what? More important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. There is an old song. Jesus and others and you. What a wonderful way to spell joy. Jesus and others and you. Jesus. Others than you. Do you see that there? Consider others better than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus Christ modeled it for us. He exemplified it for us. How? Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. My friends, this is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, the one who speaks on your behalf, telling God, 
these are mine. They have believed in me, these are mine. Nobody can take them away from me. He showed it. He modeled it for us. He emptied himself. My friend, you cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit unless you empty yourself. You cannot be filled. Unless you empty yourself, you cannot be filled by the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ set aside temporarily his being God. He did not regard equality with God, I think, to be grass. He emptied himself. Steady ka lang yan. Then he took the form of a human being, fully God and fully man. And then he went to the cross. He became obedient to the will of God the Father because the wages of sin is death and we who are sinners cannot pay for it. So Jesus Christ carried your sin and my sin. According to 1 Peter chapter 2, He Himself bore our sins on His body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By His wounds, we are free. He emptied Himself so that your heart can be full. Because when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit takes residence in you. In your body, your life, your being becomes a place of worship. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? You have been bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. He gave us the example. So if you boil everything down, to obey all would be, could be summed up into just two. Humility and selflessness. You boil it down further to Genesis chapter 3. When the woman saw that the fruit was pleasing to the eye, desirable for gaining wisdom, and good for food, what did she do? She took and she ate. Did she regard the command of God? No. Why? Selfish proud and the rest is history so if you really think about it why did I quarrel with my spouse you know she was disrespectful huh? just disrespectful in the way she greeted me this morning okay choice humility selflessness or self Oh, maybe she did not sleep well. How are you, honey? If you are not, what will you do? Aga-aga. Magpipreach pa nga ako eh. Ha? Di ba? Di ba? Some of you I shared, I hope my wife does not mind. We had a very big conflict before in the Philippines. And then my wife, because like me, we are very spiritual, no? My wife says, Pastor Ka! And because I'm very spiritual, Asawa ka ng pastor! Where is the humility and selflessness in that? And we are supposed to be Christ-like. So we are not perfect, but we try our best to apply 
dead to self, alive to Christ. Dead to self, alive to Christ. I must walk in humility. I must walk in selflessness because by doing this, I reflect Christ. It's not about me. It's not about my wife. It's about Christ. Because friends, to be honest, the only Bible that some of your friends will get to read is your life. And if they see an ugly book, they will not want to know your Jesus. Can I encourage you? If you apply, you decide to obey. Philippians 2, 3 to 8. Because God is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. Look at the promise. Look at the reward. For this reason also, to the obedience of the God the Son, to God the Father, for this reason also, God highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My friends, there is a reward. And what is your reward? If people see your Christ-like attitude, you might get the reward of being able to share the gospel with them. You will not know what I'm talking about until and unless right before your eyes you see a person come to faith in Jesus Christ and you see the change and you see a sparkle in their eye. You will not know it unless you do it. And you will not know the benefit to your own self and to your own family if you do not disciple your own kids by just meeting with them. How am I this week? You know, it begins with you. Eh? How am I this week? How, how are, was I humble this week? Was I selfless this week? Please tell me. Because I want to know. So I can improve. And then they will tell you. When they tell you, you just listen. Because if they tell you, and then you explain, they will not tell you anymore. <laughs> okay, Hi, uh, Sarah, how was I, was I humble or uh, selfless this week? Uh, Dad, because, uh, you know, when I asked permission to go out, you were very rude. You, it was not very humble of you. Ah, okay, right? Ikaw naman kasi, 11.30 ka ang papaalam. Hindi na, hindi na pa. Will they still open up? The next time, I, my father is only 5'2", but when he blocked the shot, terrific. <laughs> he, she will not open anymore. She will not open anymore because to be honest, from my heart, my kid said, you know, Dad, I think when you called us to the meeting, here we go again. Nothing is going to happen again. But then, by their own testimony, they said, Dad, this time, it's okay. Because of, instead of explaining, instead of rationalizing, okay, noted. You help me, huh? Next time you see that, you tell me. So I improve some more. 
Can you do that for me? And then round table yun. So no problem. It's not me just telling them what to do. Because they have a right to tell me what's not Christ-like in myself as well. This morning, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We commemorate, we remember, we celebrate. You and I were once in jail. You and I were once enslaved to sin. But when Jesus died and he said it is finished, you and I have been set free. But just like the jailer, we have to ask, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? It's a good thing that Jesus Christ already did it for us. And all you need to do is to believe. Do you believe? If you don't believe, do not party. Because there is a very serious warning. As often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For the same reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. That word sleep means death, because they have trampled underfoot the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's table is a serious matter. But it can be a matter of rejoicing for you if you have the Lord Jesus Christ in you. Because he who the Son sets free, finish it for me, is free indeed. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, please come and partake The Lord's table is an act of remembrance and an act of rejoicing. Of the institutions that the Lord commanded us to remember, it is baptism and the Lord's table. And on the night it was betrayed, he took the bread and gave it. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, You took those stripes. You took everything on your body. You didn't deserve it. We should have been the ones. But because of your love and grace, you took all of that for us. By your wounds, we are healed. By your wounds, death and resurrection We are made free. Thank you for giving up your body for us. Let's partake of the bread. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This is the cup in the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
In the covenant of the law, every time a person sinned, he had to offer the best of the flock or of the herd to atone for his sin. But when Jesus Christ came and shed his blood, it was a perfect offering once for all time. The cup that we hold in our hands is not the blood of Jesus, but juice that merely represents his blood. And we owe it to the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sin because without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you shed your precious blood. You gave up your life so that we who are deserving of death can live and live in freedom. Lord Jesus, will you remind us that you shed your blood at Calvary for the forgiveness of our sins? Impute in our hearts, Lord God, the hatred for sin. And every time we are tempted, Lord God, will you give us a picture of what you went through and how you shed your blood for the forgiveness of that sin. Make your blood something that will deter us from not giving in to the temptation that comes our way. Help us to live victorious, Lord God, as we appropriate your shed blood and forgiveness for us on the cross that you bore. We remember you, Jesus. We remember what you've done. We remember your blood. And we also remember that we are forgiven of our sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's partake of the juice. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that we can share your word. We can worship you with songs. We can worship you with our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the model of what it means to obey until the end. And thank you, God the Father, that you have a reward in store for all of us who will keep the faith and do the work that you have entrusted to us. Thank you for the example of the jailer who in his humility asked Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And the answer was very clear and simple. Believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved, you and your household. God, it is my prayer that all of our family members are secure in their salvation in Jesus Christ, that we as parents would disciple our children on towards Christ-likeness, to have the attitude of humility and selflessness so evident in our lives that people will want to get to know the Jesus that we know. Lord, as we dismiss, be pleased with our worship of you. Give us traveling mercies and bless us with the balance of this day. As we thank you for the liberation and the freedom that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, who broke us out of jail, who broke us out of bondage, who gave us our 
jailbreak. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone. <laughs>